Rock 1041. Hey, everybody. Hey, good Wednesday. Showers and storms on their way. Look at that first alert forecast coming up here in just a few moments. A couple of reminders for you as we kick things off. Local for less. Coming up Friday, 10 a.m., it is a half-price deal. Hotel of Terror and Dungeons of Doom. Only $21 for uh, a pass to both. That's normally a $42 value. So for uh, 50% off, you're going to get that. And that will, again, be at KSGF.com. 10 a.m. on Friday. While you're over there, get signed up for a pizza party from Godfather's Pizza. And remember... We have happy hour at Retro Metro. That is going to be Friday, 4 to 6. Saturday, they are having their Oktoberfest uh, festivities. There is go- the weather is going to be perfect for it. It is going to be, did you see the weather for Saturday? I don't know. I don't have. No, I haven't. Uh, I think the high is like 62 or Ooh, something. Is... The weather in front of me just goes through tomorrow. But the, um, well, I can just look here. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up I'm first. Gonna, no. Uh, Saturday, 61. So, so that is, uh, 61. So, and the low overnight's 39. Very fall-like weather. Uh, they are going to have great deals on beer. They're going to have a German, authentic German buffet. Uh, all you can eat. I think that's 28 bucks. Beers for five bucks. Live music. And that will be Retro Metro on Saturday. But we'd love for you to come by. Join us at uh, happy hour between 4 and 6 on Friday. I think I've mentioned everything that needs to be mentioned in that capacity. Uh, oh, oh! yesterday, uh, McCarthy got ousted. I don't know if you saw that. Sarah was asking before the show if I thought he went home and cried. I would have. You thought, you thought you'd be very sad and feel very rejected. On It was on Mean Girls Day, too, Aww. which I did not know. This is October the October f- 3rd. Th- it is the very first, I think, October 3rd, I've been aware that that is recognized as Mean Girls Day. No, that's like one of the biggest lines in the entire movie. No, yeah, well, I know that. I know where it comes from. I've seen the movie. I just don't ever remember it being so prevalent. I mean, o- yeah. on October, I just don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's pretty it's pretty prevalent, especially with people my age. Rex Manning Day, however. Now that's a whole other story. So on Mean Girl Day, uh, McCarthy got ousted. We are, I don't, we had um, Congressman Burleson on Monday talking about the potential of this and where he stood on it. Now, there were eight Republicans that uh, voted to remove him as speaker. And of course, all the Democrats joined in and it just, you know, to help foster what they saw as chaos and and um, it just allows for all sorts of positioning. Of course, those who don't like this, I, I would say it's fair to say the establishment Republican Party, not solely establishment, but the establishment uh, don't care for any of this occurring. And they are noting, well, I mean, look, you've got these eight Republicans that allied with the Democrats, allied with the election deniers, uh, allied with all of these lunatics uh, over there on the left. What does that tell you? Um, but at the same time, that, that argument does swing both ways because as new speakers are nominated and we have a listing and, and some of the names that a lot of you like are evidently 
potentially going to do this at this point. Jim Jordan's name is being floated. Scalise is evidently, you know, 24 hours ago, the word was he had no interest in it. And today the word is he's behind the scenes working this thing, trying to get that position. Matt Gates himself said, I think he'd be a fantastic speaker. Uh, so this could work out very, very well for those that f- believe McCarthy wasn't doing enough to fulfill those promises that were made. Um what what we could see happen are some of the people who point to Gates and the others as allying with Democrats. If there is a speaker put forth that they feel is too conservative, they may be the ones that find themselves uh, allying with the Democrats to vote against that person. So we'll we'll have yet to see. I am going to play some audio. And, oh, uh, 745. Is that a, is that when I have? Uh, Congressman Burleson on the calendar. I believe so. All right, so he he, we're gonna talk with him. Uh, his thoughts on the whole thing, what he hear, what he's hearing is going to happen. Uh, so that will be coming up. I do this morning want to play some of the audio. I have, I, I grabbed. There's a lot of talk, of course, but I, I grabbed audio from people that I thought you might be interested in hearing from. Jim Jordan being one of the individuals who. Um, on, on the floor had had encouraged members to continue to support McCarthy, his reasons for doing so, Matt Gates's reasons, a couple of them, that he also spoke in, in the debate as to why he felt he needed to go. Uh, I've got some audio of Newt Gingrich who flat out says these people like Matt Gates, these Republicans are traitors and should be run out of public life. They should be primaried and never again able to hold public office. And I also want to play for you the interview. Well, after it was said and done, Matt Gates on the steps of the Capitol, just surrounded by reporters. I mean, a sea of reporters around this guy. And like him or not, I got to tell you, he does very, very very well in those situations I I mean he comes across as extremely confident uh comes across as knowing exactly what he's doing he comes across as assured which I suppose is synonymous with confident but I want to play some of that for you because there are a lot of good questions that were asked uh some of the questions that that he answered were questions regarding Trump and Trump saying that he didn't think this was a good idea. So what do you say to that, given that you're a Trump supporter? Uh, uh, you know, what do you say of people that say this, 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 and so forth? And I mean, I'm telling you, he just, he, this, this is what he thinks. And I think that it is, whether or not this was the right thing to do, So some of it you're looking at strategically speaking, It is very difficult, I believe, for a lot of people to argue with the reasons he said that he did them. I believe that a reasonable person can think, oh, this is not a good idea. This is not a good time for this. Uh, Sure, things may not be great, but Democrats are on the ropes. Uh, Republicans, for the very first time, are beating Democrats in a number of areas when it comes to the polling. Everything's looking horrible. And now this, this is the worst time possible. Not that there's ever a good time for something like this. But I think a reasonable 
Republican, conservative individual can can feel that way, but then listen to Matt Gates and go, but he does kind of have a point. So we've got all that coming, plus much more this morning on this Wednesday, the latest news update. Good morning. I'm Cutter 10 and Fox 49's Jesse Inman. A trial date is set in the case of a controversial development at the corner of Sunshine and National in Springfield. A group of neighbors in the area are suing to block the development. A trial date is set for January 18th and 19th. The lawsuit concerns 100-year-old deed restrictions in the University Heights neighborhood that neighbors say should prevent developers Be Kind and Merciful LLC from using the property for commercial purposes. The official vacation destination of the Kansas City Chiefs, Branson, is hosting its first community tailgate. That party will be on Wednesday, October 11th, the night before the Chiefs take on the Broncos and will be at the Branson Ferris Wheel from 5 to 8 p.m. If you do plan on going, you're encouraged to wear red. From Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Shower storms today, I have 73. Showers and storms likely tonight down to 63. Showers and storms likely tomorrow morning, then sunshine with a high of 73. Streaming live, Facebook, 1041 Nick Reed. Sponsored by Springfield Raps. Design the KSGF studio. Now, I... I sometimes uh, I feel like bits of information get left out. And... <laughs> Listen, I'm just like anyone else. I miss things sometimes, as in I don't observe something that apparently everyone else knew. And I don't know if this is one of those things or not. But leading up to this push to vacate the chair, which of course was a success, we were, of course, told what absolute chaos this would be, right? I think it's a pretty fair assessment. What would happen? Historic. Never happened before. First time that this has been successful. Absolute and utter chaos. I heard the term chaos quite a bit. Then the vote takes place. And it is successful. And then they're like, Oh, by the way, there was a secret list that was made. I think this was a September 11th, 2001 situation where after September 11th, it was determined that there needed to be pro tems, a secret list of pro tems uh, of somebody that steps in should there be an unexpected vacancy. And there's a guy by the name of Patrick Henry. He's a Republican from North Carolina. And they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to run things until somebody permanent's put into place. And my first thought was, well, they didn't tell us that. <laughs> I, that, it, not that that is a permanent answer, but it does tend, in my mind, take a bit of the, I don't know, the chaos factor out of it. It's the difference between when you you get to class and uh, there's like no teacher that shows up. Did that ever happen to you? I remember it happened to me. Mrs. Hess class in ninth grade. And where is she? And it and she just didn't show up. And it ended up she was, I don't know, 
she was fine and everything, but she ended up getting to class like 10 minutes late. Well, that 10 minutes is an eternity when you're talking about a bunch of freshman high schoolers that have no, you know, I mean, we, we just, with chaos, it was chaos. It's the difference between that and then showing up and you have a substitute teacher one day. And while with a substitute teacher, of course, you kind of maybe see what you can get away with. And uh, you, you, I don't know, you just feel uh, a, a little bit less structured. But the fact of the matter is there's still somebody there in charge. And so yesterday when it's like, oh, and by the way, there's this guy here from North Carolina. He's a congressman named Patrick McHenry, and he's going to be an acting speaker for the time being. I thought, well, that... I don't know, that seems to steady things just a little bit. Did you like hear any of that? That Or were you aware that, oh, if McCarthy's voted out until they find someone new, there will be somebody acting as speaker? Yeah. I, no, I yeah, I started watching yesterday and I was like, OK, oh, so what does this mean? Right. I was like, yeah. And they and maybe I was thinking, did everyone else know this? Was this just a bit of information that I they purposefully withheld to make it seem a little more dramatic than it was. And it isn't to say that this isn't problematic. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me, but it just for me painted a much different picture. I I will tell you this, not knowing anything else about this guy. One of the first things that he did, did you hear about this? What are you with Pelosi booted her out of her, her hideaway office? Evidently there are a number of, these they're, they're called hideaway offices, and uh, I I suppose it's just sort of I don't know like a little unofficial office that if they want to get out of their office maybe have some alone office time I don't know exactly but they they aren't plentiful on the House side evidently on the Senate side it's not quite as unusual and Pelosi had been holding on to hers or been allowed to hold on to hers by McCarthy. McCarthy, this this new guy, like the first thing he did, Pelosi's not even there. She's in California. He's like, get her crap out of there. <laughs> and there was a picture someone posted, and it was like a box sitting outside that hideaway office and a chair on rollers that was halfway out the office door. Like she had, and I, and my, I thought, that's not a bad start for this guy. Whomever he is, I know nothing else about him. Uh, The, uh, let's see. She she remarked at the eviction from her hideaway office, sadly, because I'm in California to mourn the loss of and pay tribute to my dear friend, Diane Feinstein. Un- I'm unable to retrieve my belongings at this time. Uh, one of the first acts as speaker, Henry, Mick Henry, rather, ordered her to vacate that office by today (laughs) i don't know why i find this so enjoyable uh this according to an email sent to her office that was viewed by politico the email read quote please vacate the space tomorrow the room will be rekeyed so changing the locks on it and everything essentially saying if you don't get your stuff out you're going to be locked down you're not going to be able to get it the room is going to be reassigned by the acting speaker for speaker office use. Uh, according to the story, only a select few House lawmakers get hideaway offices in the Capitol compared to their commonplace presence in the Senate. And again, there's I just think the picture is so I, I, uh, I'm not sure if Politico posted it, but the doors are open. And again, you see 
just stuff that a couple of bags sitting outside the door and uh oh no it's not a chair it looks like a tv maybe on rollers that's halfway rolled out <laughs> i don't know if anyone else found that as pleasurable as i did but for some reason <laughs> I, you just wonder if he would kind of just want to sit down with a guy and be like so was that something you had like you knew you thought if this happened because this guy clearly has known I assume he knew that he was on this list. This list apparently, we'll ask Congressman Burleson about this in the next hour when we talk with him. Was this list known? Were the people on it known? Um, would he have known that he was on the list? Obviously, McCarthy did, but he was the first individual on the list that McCarthy listed as, should I no longer be serving unexpectedly uh, as speaker? This is the person that will fill in until a new speaker can be chosen. Okay. Already did not take long. Texas Representative Troy Nels said in a statement yesterday, his very first order of business when the House reconvenes, quote, will be to nominate Donald J. Trump for Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Knew this would not take much time at all. He said, President Trump, the greatest president of my lifetime, has a proven record of putting America first and will make the House great again. Representative Greg Stubbe, a Republican of Florida, followed suit in a post on Twitter. At uh, real Donald Trump for speaker, he posted. There are a number of, and I'm going to play some of the audio coming up here in a moment, but. According to reports, there are numerous individuals that once upon it, when McCarthy was running, individuals that conservatives said this is who we would like, but those individuals said, no, nope, we're not interested. Apparently, according to reports are. Red State reporting three House Republican leaders considering tossing their hat into the ring to replace McCarthy as speaker. This according to Politico. Number one, Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise, someone that uh, Matt Gates has said he thinks would make a wonderful speaker. House Majority Leader Scalise is reaching out, according to Politico, two members to gauge their support, three people with knowledge told the publication. Though Scalise had said he'd support McCarthy if McCarthy stayed in the race, it wasn't a secret he wanted to gig or that he and McCarthy have had strained relations. Scalise was coy about his plans when reporters asked him about them earlier Tuesday, saying, I enjoy working with Tom Emmer and our leadership team, and we have a lot of work to get done, but I haven't made any formal announcement. Now, one of the concerns about Scalise and why many people felt that he would not necessarily want the speakership position is because he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer, uh, back in August. And he has uh, undergone what he labeled as aggressive chemotherapy. He did return to Washington in September and last week gave an update on his condition, saying the good news is the cancer has dropped dramatically because of the success of the chemotherapy attacking the cancer. While some members told Politico that they had concerns about Scalise's ability to do the job due to his health challenges, Representative Matt Gates said Scalise was the best person to determine whether he could physically handle the demands. Jim Jordan from Ohio, 
who currently chairs both the House Judiciary Committee and the Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government and is a member of the House Oversight Accountability Committee. Two unnamed sources told Politico that Jordan is having conversations with his House GOP allies about a run. Jordan challenged McCarthy for the speakership at one time, but has since been a stalwart ally. Jordan has at least one Freedom Caucus supporter, Kentucky's Thomas Massey. Kevin Hearn, who is from Tulsa and heads the Republican Study Committee, is also considering a run. Politico writing the leader of the largest GOP group in the chamber. Hearn arrived in Congress in November of 2018. He gained some momentum during the January speaker race as the contest lapsed into multiple days. He earned a handful of votes before McCarthy ultimately prevailed. And then you have, let's see, Washington Examiner, they have this same sort of rundown uh, where they note those three. They do also report other names in play. Some lawmakers floating other names that w- they would consider a speaker, including Emmer and Green. Emmer has already said he would not consider a bid. And then there are the members like Nels, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Greg Stubbe, who say that they're going to nominate former President Donald Trump. That will be interesting to see how that vote goes. And McCarthy, this may go without saying, he has said he's not going to run again, which he has the ability to, obviously. He can have another go at it, but he's saying, nope, not going to do it. Coming up, I do want to play some audio. Jim Jordan, somewhat passionately, during debate on this issue yesterday, encouraged members to continue to support McCarthy, giving reasons why. Matt Gates obviously uh, saying otherwise. And then I do want to also play the press conference where Matt Gates, after the fact, is asked a, a, a number of different questions, including, hey, your guy Trump said he doesn't think this is a good idea. What do you think about that? And uh, and we'll play that audio as well. And then again, Congressman Burleson will be joining us in the seven around 745. We have him scheduled. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. A couple of emails here. Sorry, text messages on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line before we get to the traffic. Hey, Nick, as far as I understand, the pro tem, the filler inner for McCarthy is only holding that position. The body is still frozen. They can't pass anything with him in there. They have to have a real speaker to pass any amendment. There is, this is something we'll ask Congressman Burleson. Uh, There are different reports as to what can and cannot be done. I suspect largely because this is new territory. This is something that has not been dealt with in the past. I will tell you, and it's just Fox News, the way in there, they have a story, who is Patrick McHenry, Speaker Pro Tem, of a house following McCarthy's ouster. And one of the lines that they note is now that he is Speaker Pro Tempore, he has the powers of the House Speaker to guide the chamber in the continued operations until a new Speaker is elected. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the House can continue to function in the same capacity. This is this is, again, something that we will learn as the day goes on. Uh, remember, Kevin himself made the deal with the devil after 15 votes that he could be removed by one vote. And th- this goes back to, again, the way that it was. You know, it's interesting. 
I heard a Democrat try to compare the leadership qualities of Pelosi versus McCarthy and saying, you know, say what you want about Pelosi, but she never had this happen to her. Well, she also changed the rules to make it more difficult. The rules in the House said that it only took one vote to call to vacate. Now, not necessarily to replace because it takes a majority in order to vote to actually replace that person with someone else. That person, you know, McCarthy could have run again. He would have had to have gotten a majority. But to to call for the potential to lead to what this has led to, I think it was since Jefferson. Um I mean, it, it was, it's been a very, very, very long time since it only took one vote. When Pelosi got in power, she changed it and raised the threshold. I forget exactly what it was. Uh, so, yeah, when you change the rules and rig the system, I suppose you can say, well, that never happened to me. And, and a number of the Republicans wanted it to go back to the way it was. I will, I will say this. I've heard, you know, some Republicans, the institution has fallen. No, it hasn't. It has not fallen. This may be chaotic. It may not be great for the Republican Party. But let's remember, Congress was never, the idea of our government was never for it to be easy to create new laws. In fact, quite the contrary. And so these these oftentimes presentations of, oh, my God, the founders would be rolling over in their grave and this is the end of everything as we know it may not be fun, may not be ideal. But this was, in fact, a mechanism that was put in place and it had been in place for a very, very, very long time again until Pelosi came along. This isn't as if Matt Gates and a number of Republicans did something outside the confines of the Constitution. They're trying to do this or that. They played within the rules. Doesn't mean that it was the right move. Doesn't mean it was the wrong move. But it wasn't anything that was institutionally damaging, I would argue. Sounds like might be getting rain here at the studio. Showers and storms expected today. High of 73, 63 tonight with showers and storms and continuing at least through tomorrow morning. With a high tomorrow of 73, that weather sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. You know whose birthday it is? Who? Emily Johnson. What? Happy birthday, Happy Emily. birthday, Emily. That's my birthday song. That's it. She's got to sell a house today. And that's your endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a really nice posting from her husband um, just about... In, in fact, you want to know what sort of uh, a person she is. Now, I suppose one could argue that a husband is always going to talk up a wife, but I read through what he had posted, and he actually posted it on, well, his own social media, but on Facebook, Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. And, uh, it, you know, he just gives you a sense of the sort of person that she is and why it is that she does such a phenomenal job for everyone who utilizes her to buy and sell homes. And, and it's one of the reasons that I've always recommended her as well and used her to look at a home and took two years for uh, her to to get Sarah and, and Ryan into their first home. And uh, it's just the sort of dedication you get. So big happy birthday to Emily Johnson. And of course, any of your home needs. Purchasing, selling, Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. 
Jim Jordan, who, according to Politico, is gauging support amongst his Republican colleagues to replace McCarthy as Speaker of the House, a vote that reports are saying will not even happen until next week. Yet he has been a supporter of McCarthy. And these are the reasons he gave yesterday in the debate. Speaker, I yield three minutes to my very good friend, Mr. Jordan of Ohio. Gentleman from Ohio is recognized for three minutes. I thank the gentleman for yielding. On January 3rd, we said the 118th Congress is about three things. Pass the bills that need passed, do the oversight work that needs to be done, and stop the inevitable omnibus that comes from the United States Senate right before the holidays. Kevin McCarthy has been rock solid on all three. We have passed the bills we told the American people we would pass. 87,000 IRS agents, that bill, that bill passed. Parents' Bill of Rights, that bill passed. Energy legislation passed. Border security, immigration enforcement legislation, the strongest bill ever to pass the Congress passed earlier this year. We have done what we told them we were gonna do. We can't help but the Senate won't take up those good common sense bills. They'll have to answer to the American people come election day. Oversight. We have done the oversight that we're supposed to do. Because of our oversight, we know that parents were targeted by the Department of Justice. Because of our oversight, we know that 51 former intel officials misled the country weeks before the most important election we have. And because of our oversight, the Disinformation Governance Board at the Department of Homeland Security is gone. Because of our oversight, the memo attacking pro-life Catholics has been rescinded. Because of our oversight, unannounced visits to Americans' home by the Internal Revenue Service has stopped. That happened under Speaker McCarthy. And on the third one, on this side, of the, we know there's a big old ugly bill coming at the end of the year. All kinds of spending, all kinds of garbage in it. We're still in that fight. Frankly, to Matt's point, we don't know how that one's going to shake out. But we do know this. We do know this. On Saturday, we didn't take the Senate's bill. They tried to send over and shove it down our throats on Saturday. We didn't take that bill. And it was a tough position he was in. There were five options on the table last week. Option one was send a long-term CR over there. That would have leveraged the 1% cut, something a bunch of us voted for, both parties. Couldn't get the votes for that one. Second option was to focus on the one issue the country now is completely focused on, the border issue. We couldn't get the votes for that one either. But when the Senate tried to send us that bill, he said no to it. I think the Speaker has kept his word. I know my colleagues and friends are saying different. I think he has kept his word on those three things that we talked about on January 3rd, frankly, that entire week. He has kept his word. I think we should keep him as Speaker. I yield back. All right, so that was Jim Jordan, which I know a lot of conservatives really uh, have a great deal of respect. And as I noted earlier, he was one that many people were hoping would be the Speaker of the House instead of McCarthy. I, I Not to argue against what he was saying, but I will note when I hear and, and what he says, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. That tracks, that tracks, that tracks. And what he did say about oversight and the revelations that we saw and he gave for example the administration spying on catholic churches and and rescinding that order um but no one was ever held accountable once republicans aren't in charge anymore it'll just go back if they aren't already doing it again anyhow because 
No one was ever punished. No one was ever fired. One could argue, hey, that's Congress can't do that. That's for the American people to decide whether they want that corruption to stay in the White House uh, with the Biden administration. And, and, you know, that that's up for the American people. And that's a valid argument also. A couple of different notes from Matt Gates as to why it is that he believed, obviously, that McCarthy should, which of course he was, ousted as speaker. I would just say if this House of Representatives has exceeded all expectations, then we definitely need higher expectations. <laughs> and while it's heartwarming and kind that the speaker calls people on their birthday and visits their district and congratulates them on their children, please know this isn't a critique of the individual, it's a critique of the job. The job hasn't been done. We've had multi multiple contradictory promises. And it's just quite something, for those of you keeping track at home, the last three speakers you've heard opposing my resolution all voted for the debt deal. So like, if you believe that the debt limit deal that Speaker McCarthy brought into law was a good thing, maybe you agree with their perspective. I think the debt limit deal was a terrible deal, and that's one of the reasons, it really was the original sin of the McCarthy speakership, and it's one of the reasons I seek to vacate the chair now. I reserve. Gentlemen, time is reserved. All right, and then he had one other remark that I think may be a remark that is, I'd say, a revelation to a lot of people regarding something that Biden had said that uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, we played the audio yesterday. She was pressed on this because Biden claimed that he and McCarthy had essentially this side deal regarding Ukraine, Ukraine, a big sticking point regarding the, <clears throat> excuse me, the funding of Ukraine. And what I think is happening here is that either Biden didn't know what he was talking about. He was confused or there was something going on that was somewhat of a little secret side deal or, hey, you know, listen, if we can get this through without the Ukraine funding now, we'll deal with that later. And Biden, in his dementia riddled ways, revealed something he wasn't supposed to, which is why the White House yesterday, when being pressed on this, just, you know, continued to evade it. And that reference to a deal regarding Ukraine is something something else that Gates brought up during the debate yesterday. I rise to raise a question. What was the secret side deal on Ukraine? House Democrats and President Biden have said that as Speaker McCarthy was asking Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution so as to avoid having to take the Senate's plus up in Ukraine money, that the Speaker of the House was actually cutting a side deal to bring Ukraine legislation to this floor with President Biden and House Democrats. So let me get this straight. To extend Joe Biden's spending and Joe Biden's policy priorities, the Speaker of the House gave away to Joe Biden the money for Ukraine that Joe Biden wanted. It is going to be difficult for my Republican friends to keep calling President Biden feeble while he continues to take Speaker McCarthy's lunch money in every negotiation. Ouch. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, and this might be seem like a wildly, I don't know, crazy thing to say. 
And that's a sampling of what you heard. An argument to keep McCarthy in place. The argument to get rid of McCarthy. The debate itself, to a large degree, I actually enjoyed. Because it was an actual debate. We have become so accustomed to Democrats just getting up there and making insanely false allegations, no sort of cohesive uh, or or coherent thought oftentimes, just the wild name-calling and racism in comparison to Nazis and things that are just so wildly untrue. There's no intellectual approach to those debates whatsoever, and it becomes... It's not any sort of exercise in intellectualism. It's not enjoyable to listen to because there's no substance there. But yesterday, in my mind, honest to goodness, as you listen to some of these arguments back and forth, I thought to myself, this is kind of what the founders envisioned. Maybe not over this particular situation, but this sort of debate occurring. And I found it refreshing, which is, I suppose, somewhat ironic because the entire scenario is one that is being portrayed as showing that our entire system is broken. But the way that it was being debated to me made me at least in my mind think maybe this is sort of the way it's supposed to work. I do want to play after a quick break. Some of the after the ouster press conference that, well, it wasn't really this uh, pr- press conference with a podium, but as Matt Gates is leaving the Capitol and he is on the steps of the Capitol or somewhere thereabouts, he is just surrounded by a gaggle of reporters peppering him with questions. And I got to say this about the guy. He is very, very, very good when it comes to being in that particular sort of situation. He's impressive. And whether one agrees with what he was doing or not, there is no doubt in my mind, he really feels confident that it was the absolute right thing to do and feels complete conviction, which frankly is what a lot of Republican voters desperately want in leadership, that sort of conviction, that next. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, rain is moving across the Ozarks. And this morning, if you notice some issues with your roof, maybe some yellowing on your ceiling, maybe some full-blown drips in your house, you're thinking, oh, no, who do I call for this? Well, I have an answer for you, and that is the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, the Pyramid team, they'll come out, they'll do a free inspection for you, they'll get on your roof so you don't have to, and they'll take tons of photos and videos. And I love that about them because they can show you exactly what is going on with your roof. And then they work with you to create a plan. Maybe you are in a situation where you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a simple roof repair or even brand new gutters. Whatever the case is, the Pyramid team, they are going to be upfront and honest with you. They're going to let you know exactly what you need, exactly what you don't need, and then they'll get you scheduled and get you all taken care of. So the next time a storm rolls through the Ozarks, you can have a little bit of a peace of mind. And that is all thanks to the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now you can give Josh and his team a call today and you can find all of that contact information housed under the Sarah's endorsements tab at KSGF.com. I'm going to wait until after the news to play the 
gaggle of reporter interaction with Matt Gates because of uh, the time that we have before news and another traffic update. And I, I don't want to cut it short. And it also gives me some time to read through some of your text messages, one of which is uh, Matt Gates sounds really good. And I agree with what he sounds like he's saying, but Gates is delusional or full of you know what if what he says is true. How come the Democrats were needed 100% plus only Republicans? If Gates is correct, then the majority of the Freedom Caucus Republicans should have voted to oust, but they didn't. After listening on Monday to Congressman Burleson on this program, and we will get his thoughts hopefully just under an hour from now, this is my assessment of, of what's going on with that. And I think Jim Jordan referenced this, that there are a number of things McCarthy said that he would do, and he did do a number of those things. There are a number of things that are yet to be seen. This was the argument from Jim Jordan yesterday. And I, I, my inference from Congressman Burleson as well that with this 45-day continuing resolution, there there's a number of these different spending bills that still have to be decided. And that was in and there were a number of, I think, Republicans that are Freedom Caucus Republicans that look at it and go, we have a very short amount of time here in order to get what we want done because there's 45 days. And McCarthy has two to a degree that is much greater than past speakers, delivered for conservatives. Not 100%, but it's definitely been better. And if I remember correctly, one of the things Congressman Burleson had said is, if there was somebody that was more conservative that, that could get voted in that seat, I'm right there. And the division here appears to be, and I think it's one of pragmatism to some degree, that getting rid of McCarthy isn't going to get us to the 100% mark of what we want. And let's say McCarthy is 50% there. It's going to take us back in their belief. And that he has at least the opportunity to prove himself in the 45-day period. And if he doesn't prove himself there, then, then that's it. Then he is gone as opposed to Matt Gates and a few others who have just gotten to the point where they're like, enough is enough. I understand both sides, and I have an appreciation for both sides. One of the, and I tell you, as I sit and I look at it and I balance the pragmatism component to it, as opposed to the, nope, that's it, we've had enough of it, and I turn on, and with Neil Cavuto is that uh, Republican mayor from Maryland, Hogan, and blaming MAGA Republicans for it. And the problem is we don't have more members in Congress because Donald Trump was responsible for us not winning the Senate, you know, as if Mitch McConnell doesn't exist. And he's, and you know, and I hear that crap, and it makes me all in for Matt Gates. These establishment Republicans that continue to spend, 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 now, Hogan's not in Congress, but, you know, he's speaking the same language that some of these establishment Republicans are. And they use like they, they say, OK, fine, you can vacate. But then. When it 
push comes to shove and the conservatives actually say, hey, this is what was promised. And we see us veering off track like it happens every single time. So we're going to say, no, we're not going to do it. And then they they you know, act as if, well, you're just going to destroy everything and you're going to make things worse. And that it's just that's a weapon the establishment always uses against conservatives. And at some point, I, I, you know, I'm again, you don't know exactly unless they articulate it to you what's in their minds. You, yeah, you wonder if the approach isn't we just that's done no longer. You know what? Maybe the place will burn to the ground, but we're sick and tired of you using that threat to back us into a corner and to give in to more spending, which is part, you know, the the huge crux of the problem. We got to get a traffic update more ahead. I'm Nick. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, rain is moving across the Ozarks. And this morning, if you notice some issues with your roof, maybe some yellowing on your ceiling, maybe some full-blown drips in your house, you're thinking, oh, no, who do I call for this? Well, I have an answer for you, and that is the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, the Pyramid team, they'll come out, they'll do a free inspection for you, they'll get on your roof so you don't have to, and they'll take tons of photos and videos. And I love that about them because they can show you exactly what is going on with your roof. And then they work with you to create a plan. Maybe you are in a situation where you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a simple roof repair or even brand new gutters. Whatever the case is, the Pyramid team, they are going to be upfront and honest with you. They're going to let you know exactly what you need, exactly what you don't need, and then they'll get you scheduled and get you all taken care of. So the next time a storm rolls through the Ozarks, you can have a little bit of a peace of mind. And that is all thanks to the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now you can give Josh and his team a call today and you can find all of that contact information housed under the Sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com. I'm going to wait until after the news to play the gaggle of reporter interaction with Matt Gates because of uh, the time that we have before news and another traffic update. I don't want to cut it short. And it also gives me some time to read through some of your text messages, one of which is uh, Matt Gates sounds really good. And I agree with what he sounds like he's saying, but Gates is delusional or full of you know what if what he says is true. How come the Democrats were needed 100% plus only Republicans? If Gates is correct, then the majority of the Freedom Caucus Republicans should have voted to oust, but they didn't. After listening on Monday to Congressman Burleson on this program, and we will get his thoughts hopefully just under an hour from now. This is my assessment of of what's going on with that. And I think Jim Jordan referenced this, that there are a number of things McCarthy said that he would do, and he did do a number of those things. There are a number of things that are yet to be seen. This was the argument from Jim Jordan yesterday. And my inference from Congressman Burleson as well that with this 45-day continuing resolution, there there's a number of these different spending bills that still have to be decided. And that was in, and there were a number of, I think, Republicans that are Freedom Caucus Republicans that look at it and go, we have a very short amount of time here in order to get what we want done because there's 45 days. And McCarthy has two... Uh, to a degree that is much greater than past speakers, 
delivered for conservatives. Not 100%, but it's definitely been better. And if I remember correctly, one of the things Congressman Burleson had said is if there was somebody that was more conservative that, that could get voted in that seat, I'm right there. And the division here appears to be, and I think it's one of pragmatism to some degree, that getting rid of McCarthy isn't going to get us to the 100% mark of what we want. And let's say McCarthy is 50% there. It's going to take us back in their belief. And that he has at least the opportunity to prove himself in the 45-day period. And if he doesn't prove himself there, then then that's it. Then he is gone. As opposed to Matt Gates and a few others who have just gotten to the point where they're like, enough is enough. I understand both sides, and I have an appreciation for both sides. One of the, and I tell you, as I sit and I look at it and I balance the pragmatism component to it as opposed to the, nope, that's it, we've had enough of it, and I turn on, and with Neil Cavuto is that uh, Republican mayor from Maryland, Hogan, and blaming MAGA Republicans for it. And the problem is we don't have more members in Congress because Donald Trump was responsible for us not winning the Senate, you know, as if Mitch McConnell doesn't exist. And he's, res- and you know, and I hear that crap and it makes me all in for Matt Gates. These establishment Republicans that continue to spend, 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 now, Hogan's not in Congress, but, you know, he's speaking the same language that some of these establishment Republicans are. And they use like they, they say, OK, fine, you can vacate. But then. When it push comes to shove and the conservatives actually say, hey. This is what was promised, and we see us veering off track like it happens every single time. So we're going to say, no, we're not going to do it. And then they, they you know, act as if, well, you're just going to destroy everything and you're going to make things worse. And that it's just that's a weapon the establishment always uses against conservatives. And at some point, I, I you know, I'm. Again, you don't know exactly unless they articulate it to you what's in their minds. You, you, you wonder if the approach isn't, we just, that's done. No longer. You know what? Maybe the place will burn to the ground. But we're sick and tired of you using that threat to back us into a corner and to give in to more spending, which is part, you know, the, the huge crux of the problem. We've got to get a traffic update more ahead. I'm Nick Rich.